you know, we can't look to the world to bring solutions to things that we need God for, that we yeah. need Jesus for. So worldly solutions are not going to work when it comes to living like Jesus and sharing his love. No, I need to hear directly from the source on things like that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. Hope everyone out there is doing well today. With me on the show is the fitness pastor, Jude Sullivan. Sir, how are you doing today? I'm living the dream, man. How about you? I, I can't complain. I have a fitness pastor on the on the podcast, so I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you about physical fitness, spiritual fitness, all of the above. So, yeah. all right, I'm going to ask, all right, where did that name come from? How did you get that? <laughs> yeah, well, clearly I'm not smart enough to think of that on my own. So here's the story. So I am a clinical exercise physiologist by training, and I worked for a, a big university for their hospital. And we collaborated with other labs in our area. And one of them was working on what's called mindfulness meditation. So in integrative and complementary health, what's the movement right now is trying to bring these, I guess you could say, off the main beaten path types of therapies into mainstream medicine. So things like meditation and acupuncture and body work and all that kind of stuff. But typically, an insurance provider won't provide reimbursement unless there's some way to validate that it actually works. And so that's what we were doing. So we were part of a 10-year study that was comparing meditation, specifically mindfulness-based meditation versus what's called the health enhancement program. And so another guy and I, we developed this health enhancement program, which we called HEP, and it was compared to mindfulness meditation. And so we're probably in year eight of this 10-year study, and we would do two or three groups. It would last eight weeks for each group. And we're coming to the end of one of these little mini groups, and a woman comes up to me and she goes, you know what, Jude, you remind me of being a fitness pastor. And for me, uh, as a Christian, especially working in a large state university where you cannot openly talk about Jesus, it felt like a convergence where I felt like who I was intersected with what it was I was doing without overtly saying, you know, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. And so it really warmed my heart. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And, but I came home and I told my wife, who she's a serial entrepreneur and always, always the big idea cracker. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you've got to keep that. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's like, people remember you forever with that name. I'm like, oh, OK, well, so I just slowly started trickling that name out there. And now people kind of know me as that. So I, I put it out there as being the fitness pastor. But like I said, I am an exercise physiologist, but, you know, that's only a part of who we are. You know, we're spirits first. We have a soul. We live in a body. So technically, it's the least important of the things about our identity, right? But it's kind of stuck with me. So that's the long story, and I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I used to, you know, if we're not physically healthy, it can really play a role in what we're trying to do for the kingdom. You know, I used to... I, that's part of my testimony is I used to weigh 315 pounds. I'm down to wow. 205 pounds now. Yeah. And it's good on you, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a journey. It's not easy. It definitely took, it, it took and takes discipline. Losing it is one thing. 
maintaining it is something completely different. That's it right there. You nailed it. Like there is no, oh, go train. I don't feel like it today. No, you just need to go. <laughs> That's it. That's <laughs> my, my gym bag, my workout bag stays in the car. So on my way to work, put the bag in the car so I don't come home after work. I leave work. I go straight there. So there's no excuses because I know once I come home, there's going to be, there's every excuse to not go back out the door. So I don't even give my, I don't even give myself the, the opportunity or option for that to happen. That reminds me of, have you ever read the book Atomic Habits? That reminds me of kind of a, kind of a, the style that he has for when you're either starting a, a habit or you're trying to change a habit is you create a situation where you have less friction. So what you did by keeping that gym bag in your car, it kind of slides you in the direction of making the decision to actually do it rather than if I didn't have the gym bag in there, well, then I got to go home. I got to pack the bag. And so you've got all these other layers of things that would create friction that would keep you from going in the direction where you wanted to go. So I think that's brilliant that you're doing that. And I totally agree with you, having been in the industry for 35 plus years, America has mastered the, the, the art of losing weight. We are the kings and queens of that. But it's not the weight loss that's important. It's can I live where it is that I got to? And mm -hmm. so what I always challenge people is like, if you can do what you're doing as a norm of your daily activities, then I would say go for it. If you can't sustain that type of a lifestyle, then you need to rethink your methods a little bit, you know, or at least your perspective on maybe how fast you're going to get to where your goal is or the, you know, the nature of how you're going to get there. Because all those things will intersect to create either more friction or less friction uh, in the long run. And really like what you're saying, it's about get not just getting there, but staying there. And I, I discovered for me personally, I gain weight very easily. So um, it, for me, I just said, we, I'm going to have to stick to this. I need to figure out what exercises work for me, what, you know, learning my range of motion, all things that just like, when you think about training, it's like things that just don't pop up every day. You know, can I use the machine versus free weights? How many days a week do I need to go? How much cardio should I be doing versus resistance? Should I switch this up? Maybe I should go bike riding today. Maybe I need to, to rest today. Well, all of these things just started, and but then I got addicted to it. And this because of of just the the result, like, well, this is working. And once my doctor said, keep doing what you're doing, because you know, I was probably, you know, facing a heart attack in my 30, my my 30s, you know, easily at the rate I was going. So it you was you said you're 40. I am 40, sir. I am 40. You're the <laughs> youngest looking 40 year old guy I've seen. You are officially um invited back to the show anytime you want. The <laughs> invitation is open. And uh, I appreciate that. You'll be getting a gift in the mail. <laughs> so give let's give the audience just a little bit more just like about you. Let's like talk about your testimony, your walk with God, and then like some of the things you're doing now for the kingdom. Yeah, that's awesome. So I was born into a Catholic family. Miraculously, there was only two kids, though. So um, Irish Catholic growing up. I actually went to a high school seminary and was considering the priesthood at the time. I felt like God was talking to me when I was young, but you don't know how to articulate that to other people. So I never really shared that. And, you know, I didn't want to get the side eye look from people anyway. So I just kind of enjoyed that. But, you know, I'm a young guy and I decided, you know, that the priesthood wasn't going to be for me. And I 
had a religion, but I didn't have a faith. Mm. And so I continued into my young adult years. I got married, which I thought I, I went about going into that uh, marriage the right way. The marriage didn't last. We had two children early in the marriage that did not survive. And so th that did a number on me in terms of you know how we could navigate that grief, uh, much less how I could as an individual. And so the 90s, that whole decade was really not very good. <laughs> and my dad died in 2003. I helped care for him at end of life. And so that continued to kind of help help me. And I use that in the way I meant it, is I, I felt like God was kind of walking me through something as I was walking my dad through the end of his life. And I went from being somebody who was into religion and maybe religiosity, and I started developing a legitimate uh, relationship with God. And so since that time in 2003, I've been remarried. We have a blended family with six kids. We now have uh, five grandchildren. And I ended up retiring from a career that was very successful in healthcare. But I really felt like, as I alluded to when I talked about my fitness pastor journey, where I couldn't really speak about faith in the way that I felt like I can or the way God wanted me to. And so I'm at a point now where I have my own business where I, it's called God Talks Coaching, where my role is to help people, whether they're looking to, for business answers, relationship answers, life purpose answers, you know, whatever it is, rather than trying to make a decision and then ask God to bless it after the fact is to go to the source, go to our source, don't look to our resources, but go to God and get that download, for lack of a better way of saying it, and then start making your decisions on what it is that you should be doing, how it is you should be relating to people, what it is that you maybe should be giving up. We talked about fasting off the air before, you know, and mm -hmm. how do we fill these voids that we so discreetly put into our lives that actually keep us from hearing God better. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, very excited about that. A lot of things happening this year in 2024. And uh, with that, and, you know, I think you mentioned working with young men. I, I work with young men, too, as a part of our, our church ministry. We, we have a, what's called a base camp ministry where we teach elite Christian re leadership to young men who are to be leaders in the, the family and leaders in the community. And we're now expanding that to, to women and helping people get back to being real disciples so that we can be leaders in our community. Whether, you know, you don't have to be a pastor, you don't have to be a minister to be a follower of Jesus and to win people for the kingdom. You can be in business, you can be in government, you can be in the arts and entertainment, you can be in all of these things and still be having a massive impact. And so that's what we're about. And that's what I'm trying to do for the rest of my life, at least. I learned the hard way because I try to do it my way that, you know, and I'm, I'm going to take work, for example, because you said what you're doing right now. I know the pain of what, it, what it's like to take a job for titles and money and asking God to bless my plans. Yeah. Because then I then had to ask God to fix the situation that I put myself into in the first place because I didn't listen to him on the front end. 
and we should never put God in a position where he has to do a miracle, you know? So it's important that when people say things like, oh, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. I don't know if this is God telling me this, you know, you can one pray and ask God for wisdom and clarity. Lord, I have these opportunities. I have all of these options. I'm only taking the career piece of it. Cause that's what we were talking about sure. to, to work here or go here or move here. Lord, where do you want me? There's all of these open doors, close the doors. You don't want me to walk through, leave the ones open that you want me to have that are mine and show me which ones you want me to go, to go through. And I think that whenever we're trying to discern and figure out God's voice, one of the things that I tell everyone I talk to read the Bible. Yep. If you're trying to figure out the voice of God, read what he already said, read what he's already done, and it'll give you a really good idea, more than a good idea of what his character looks like, what his voice sounds like, what his love looks like. Because if even if you start in Genesis and you look at Eden or the in the Garden of Eden right after the fall, they were scared, they hid themselves, they made clothes, and God sought after them and came still came looking even after the original sin. God has been going after mankind and seeking after man since the very beginning. So why would he not, why would he not tell you the plan that he has for you? Why would he tell you go to the door on the right and then not bring the provision and then do the equipment as you're going? Why would he not do that? That's beautiful. Yeah. So the way I think of it is, you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word, you know, was God. And you know, thoughts lead to words, but God's word leads to thoughts. (laughs) Or we can have something else create thoughts that lead to words, which lead to actions. And then those actions lead to a legacy. What's our legacy? You know, and like you said, is it God honoring? Are we having to backtrack, pull back, ask for forgiveness before we, you know, go back onto the right path? And so you couldn't be more spot on in terms of being in the word and because otherwise we're just making it up you know it's if it sounds good it feels good then it must be good and that's not god's way you know he's already provided like you said his number one provision is that he gave his son to sacrifice for us and he's given us his word to sustain us and so (laughs) we just need to like you said get in the word listen to who he is what his character is, what his provision is, what it will continue to be as it always has and will continue to be in the future. So yeah, it that absolutely has to be the foundation. And I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed too, because you know, I've been in situations where, oh, I've got this job opportunity, this opportunity, this offer, and nothing, none of them look bad. None of them look sinful. None of them look like, oh man, I really shouldn't go this route on right away. You know, you get a couple of things going all at once. It's like, well, which one, Lord, no, which one do you want me to walk through? Where do you, where are you taking us on this journey? Because to your point, I've given my life to Christ. My life has been purchased by the death of Jesus, by the blood of Christ. Okay. So my life is no longer my own. So I have given up the right to make decisions for myself. Lord, I don't want you to bless my plans. Where are you sending me? Where are we going on this journey? Because he's not going to send me to a place that he doesn't want me to go. He's sending me there for a reason, even if it's just to learn some tough lessons, or even if it's just to see something I've never seen, but God is not going to send me there and not add provision and not look out for me. 
Right. And there's some, I think, there's some key ways where you can kind of discern that if you're not really sure. So, you know, if it's from God, you're probably going to have peace. You're not going to feel rushed. You're not going to feel guilt. You'll probably feel love. You'll feel that joy that supersedes all understanding. It's just incomprehensible, despite the circumstances around. Like you said, you were told to go a certain way, but if you're like looking around and the bombs are going off everywhere, but you know that's what God said, because you know the joy and the peace that you have inside of you amidst all that chaos. Though a thousand fall at your left and 10,000 at your right, you know, you're still able to walk through that. And so there are ways to kind of discern that, at, you know, once you've been given your quote unquote download, I've used that term before, but yeah. And I think sometimes we just, like you said, it's like, well, did he really say that? It's like, oh yeah, he did. Now we need to obey. I've given up my life. Now it's time for me to walk forward. And we don't want to be in a situation where we're asking God to bless our disobedience. Right. We don't want to be in a situation where we're asking him to, to bless our sin. Yes, he works all things together for the good of those who love him. But I'm t I would tell anyone, seek God first on the front end. Yep. Don't lean on your own understanding. Just it it'll be it'll save you so much time and so much pain and so much heartache. Because again, I've already I've been through that. I've made that that decision of oh, I'm gonna take this job because it's going to provide. It's gonna if I'm making this much and I have this title, I won't ever have to work for less than this. And it'll just be an upward trajectory from here. No, it's that's God's job. God is going to provide. God is going to do the looking out. It is my job to be obedient, and the result is going to be up to him. I just need to follow and trust his voice and just make sure that as I'm going along the journey, I'm seeking him and not moving too fast. Because that you said it's something really good. If I have to make a decision and I'm like, I don't really fully have peace about this, and there's a pressure coming from the other side, make it that every time I'm like, it's for me personally, that's mm -hmm. never worked out well. It, it's never been his voice. And it's like, hurry up. And, they, and I noticed that the voice gets pushier and pushier, or the person telling me they want me to take the position is getting pushier and pushier. And I'm like, I don't have a, I don't have a yes from God. So I'm going to wait. If I don't have a yes or no from God, I'm just going to stand still and wait. I love that. Yeah, I think, again, our society is so microwave too, right? If you don't have the answers right now, you're not really considered an expert or you're considered a procrastinator. And it's like, well, you know, that's not the way it is with God. You know, God will make us wait, not because he's making us wait, but he's more interested in the relationship. You know, and if I'm not, if I'm expecting a unilateral relationship where you're a genie in the bottle, I ask for information and you give it to me, it ain't going to work. And like you said, I'm going to be I'm going to be falling into traps that I actually created for myself. You know, I self-sabotaged without even knowing it. And I didn't wait on the Lord. And so it's very consistent. Be still and know I'm, that I'm God. Wait on the Lord. He does not move fast. He can move fast. We can have miraculous, you know, talk to Paul. You know, he got hit with a lightning bolt, got knocked off the horse. But what people don't realize is that he was <clears throat> under wraps with the Lord for three years after that, before he went on his ministry. So God had to do some transforming with him before he said, okay, here we go. I think a lot of people forget that he was it that he was out for three years. Like they, they didn't, it didn't happen right away. I'll, I'll just share this quick story with you too. When God gave me the word to do this podcast, I mean, I told him, no, I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm like, there's a million Christian podcasts out there. Like, I have no desire to do this. 
I'll say I'll save the testimony for that part, but I'll get to the part about the name. Okay. So once he finally got me, you know, unstuck and or unstubborn in this case of doing the show, <laughs> I was like, all right, Lord, what do you want to what do you want to call this? And I got taken to Colossians two. I think it's like six through eight, and it talks about you know being rooted in Christ. And, you know, the words just start to jump off the page, right? Like, you want me to call this podcast rooted in Christ? And I told him no once again. I'm like, I'm not calling it that. Like, I don't want to do that because I'm like, oh. I have a better idea. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> imagine, imagine that man telling yeah. God you have a better idea. We might want to. <laughs> Like, I don't want to call it that. I'm like, Lord, I'm an evangelist and I would not want to, like, I want to see soul saved. I want to see people discipled. Like, you know, Paul said, when I was a Jew, I cared myself as a Jew. When I was a Gentile, I acted as a Gentile, you know, so that some might be one. I'm like, Lord, I do a lot of infiltration. Like, I'm in a lot of rooms I'm not supposed to be in because if they found I was a Christian, they wouldn't even open the door. They're going to see me coming a mile away with a name called Rooted in Christ. <laughs> so I started coming up with all these other names. Like all, I had probably 10 names for this podcast and Verve Studio, shout out to them. They do all the media for Redwood. So I'm meeting with Joey and I give him every name for the podcast. He hates them all except Rooted in Christ. Hates them all. He's like, these just aren't good. I'm like, and then he does the search. This is the only name that was available was Rooted in Christ. Wow. And I'm like, okay, it was you. But I will say this. I'm grateful that we didn't just call it something it was never supposed to be called because I now see that because of the unique name in this, the feedback is coming, the guests that reach out, I see the blessings in that obedience. And it puts me in a position where I can't even take credit for it. I can sit here and tell you about my disobedience and I can sit here and tell you how I fought God on this. He won. He's, you know, I have never beaten him at anything. <laughs> But I can now say, I can't take credit for this. I know this is all the Lord because of how hard I pushed back on some of the parts just about this nonprofit, about this podcast. Then, you know, God will bring confirmation to his word too. Again, are we asking? Are we asking? And then are we waiting? Because this really comes down to, yes, I want God's will, but I can't have God's will without God's timing. Right. I can't just be like, I want your will for my life. Hurry up. You know, it, it doesn't, it's not going to work that way. Those things go hand in hand. That's a great story. And I just think of, you know, I asked myself the question, why do I continue to be stubborn at times? You know, it's like you, you have these moments where, you know, it's not a God wing, but it's like, there's confirmation everywhere. And yet on the next idea that you have, you still want to go down that same old weary path of, I've got this great idea, God, can you bless it for me? <laughs> and he's like, ah, no, I don't think we should do that. <laughs> and you've got that fork in the road, right? And so what are you going to do? Are you going to take the fork that is going to lead to agony and frustration and mistakes? Or are you going to wait, just kind of pause at that fork and, you know, maybe realize that he wants you to not take either of those routes. You know, he wants you to do a U-turn or, you know, who knows what else. And we, we touched on the fasting part of it. You know, I'm, you know, you go into a fast and it's like, God, I just, sometimes you go into it. I need wisdom on something or I need clarity on something. Other times it's, I'm fasting just to say, thank you for what you've yeah. done and you're going to do. It is a discipline of just beating the flesh into submission. It is 
I'm going to take all of this away and eliminate whatever distractions and comfort. And I'm specifically talking about food here so I can draw nearer to you so I can hear you more clearly. So I don't have to, maybe I'm relying on this too much as a comfort when things get stressed and I'm not relying on you enough. And I'm not sitting here saying every time you come on a fast, you're going to have every single answer that you've been asking God for. Right. But I'm going to say it's a positioning of the heart. And that's really what it comes down to for me is, Lord, I don't want to go the wrong way. I don't want to make the wrong move. Show me where you want us to go and what you want us to do. And I think he honors that. I think he honors the fact that we want to follow him. I think we're literally asking to be obedient because praying for eyes to see and ears to hear is one thing, but I'm going to also pray, Lord, give me the grace to then do the very things you're telling me to do. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need us for anything. He wants relationship with us. And I think to your point, you know, the fast could be food, but it could be maybe I read a lot. Maybe I'm too engrossed in social media. Maybe my family has too much importance or what I think about my family. And so, or maybe my ministry. <laughs> so let's get really sensitive and hit some really, you know, pressure points. You know, maybe all these things that we think we should be doing that would honor God, you know, God's just like, you know what? I want you to know who I am. And I want you to know who I think you are. And that there is no other religion that has anything close to that, where the it's a relationship that's that personal, that allows you to get totally vulnerable <clears throat> and to just be about as real as you can and not be shamed by that, but to feel total love and acceptance. And like we talked about before, that doesn't mean he doesn't want us to do things. You know, we have eyes, ears, hands, and feet, you know, to, to co-labor with him, but that's just it. We're co-laboring. We're not laboring and then asking for, you know, a pat on the back after the fact. I think it's worth asking, Lord, search me and know me. Yeah. What are the idols in my life? Yep. Is being a leader in the church, an idol is serving in ministry an idol because good things can become idols too. Yeah. I have to ask myself, what is separating me from God or what is causing a distance or a gap in my relationship with God? Is it the things that I'm doing that I even believe are God honoring things? Because we need to be seeking his presence and we need to be seeking the secret place above everything else. Yeah. Titles, yeah. position, even the things he's called us to do is all because what he's allowed us to do and things that he's put in us. I need to be seeking the relationship with the gift giver and not falling in love with the gifts. Who, what is our source, not what are our resources? The resources will always change <laughs> a lot, but there's always going to be the one source. And so if we're not looking to the source and we're just you know putting our faith in the resources, that will crumble. You know, we can't look for to the world to bring solutions to things that we need God for, that we yeah. need Jesus for. So worldly solutions are not going to work when it comes to living like Jesus and sharing his love. No, I need to hear directly from the source on things like that. Yeah, so, and if people aren't feeling love, you know, what am I doing, right? Even if I'm being truthful, if they're not feeling love, and I use that term loosely, feeling but I can be honest. I can speak the truth. I can give them biblical answers in love, you know, and love your neighbor as yourself, but, you know, love God more than anything. And so that that has to be the priority. 
and love is an action. It's not a feeling, you know, right. I, it's exactly right. And because crucifixion, that was his, that was Jesus. That was his, that was the ultimate of, of love. So yeah. when I say, I don't feel like doing something, you know, it's why I try to keep Bible verses close or things close to remind me of Christ. I'm sure he felt like getting crucified. No, the oh, garden, yeah. yeah, the garden of Gethsemane would say the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, those kind of things. So mm-hmm. I think that we need to remember that love isn't a feeling, but we can help someone feel the love of Christ just by our yes and our obedience. So before we conclude this, and we're going to have to get you back on here because this conversation went smooth and it went by quickly. So yeah, this has been great. You're a great interviewer, man. No, I mean, I, this is all God. Cause I, I was just telling somebody the other day, I have no communications background. I didn't go to school for any of this. Uh, this <laughs> is the you. father. This yeah. is him. It's all him. I do not take credit for any of this. We've been talking about it for like two years. We haven't done the testimony episode behind Redwood, but there was a no to even doing this podcast. And then God put me next to a, a rand, random producer on an airplane, which told me what equipment to buy for all of this. Because, <laughs> yeah, just you know, <laughs> I'm kind of hard headed sometimes. Guys like, go do this. I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> so, talk to this guy right next to you. <laughs> yeah. Who just, it's nine o'clock at night. I happen to be leaving Ohio. He puts me on a plane next to a producer who wants <laughs> to start a nonprofit, which I do fundraising for a living. And I had started this nonprofit. I'm like, I can tell you how to do that easily. He's like, oh, good. I can tell you what equipment to buy for your podcast. I'm like, <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> Hand in glove fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love telling these embarrassing stories on air. This is great. This is great. What? So someone comes to you to say, hey, I'm struggling to hear the voice of God, or I need coach in this area. So what does a session look like for you with a client or kind of any like more detail you want to give about like what you do for the kingdom, how people can find you if they want to work with you as a coach? I just want to make sure of an opportunity to kind of just promote a little bit more about what you do and how you go about doing it. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. So I don't have a website right now. Everything I do is exclusively word of mouth. I'll give talks locally right now, but I, I will be regional and national at some point. That's at least the plan that's been given to me. So I anticipate that happening in the future. So people can reach out to me via email. My email is 44heyjude at gmail.com, or you can drop me a text 608-575-5702. In the headings or, or in the message, just say God talks and we'll start a conversation. But for me, it's about slowing down first. So literally that that psalm concept of being still and know that I'm God. Mm. And, you know, that can be an uncomfortable thing for some people. So that would be the starting point first and foremost. But then the other thing, and we kind of touched on a little bit with understanding that we're constantly being fed truth, but we're also being told lies. And so God wants to reveal the truths and he wants to uncover the lies. And once we understand what is happening there, that helps us to move in a direction that he wants us to move in with the guidance of his Holy Spirit. So my role is to help with the truth and the lies. And then what we do is we do some neuro strategic things where the kind of the the pivotal point in our mind is our subconscious. So we have a conscious, a subconscious, but then we have a superconscious, which is connected to God. But the subconscious is inert in that it doesn't care what's right or wrong. It doesn't discern right or wrong. It just does. So it's kind of like your software. And so what we do is we try to reprogram the software using words 
and canceling out the lies. And so that's kind of the nature of what we do. I, I work with people. I've worked with them as short as a single month and as long as six months. And so it varies from person to person how long they want to work. You know, the, there's you know different ideas about what that might look like. The one thing I would say is, you know, you hear the word coach and you think it's going to be directive. Well, the direction is coming from the Holy Spirit. It's not yeah. from me. So I'm not going to say, I think you should do that. Your next step is to do this. But together, I provide kind of the structure and then I become a conduit to help you engage with the Holy Spirit. And so eventually I'm not even in the picture, which is the way it should be, right? You, you shouldn't depend on me. You don't need a priest. You don't need a pastor. You are enough to be connected with God because God's already trying to seek you out. It's just a matter of whether or not you're hearing and getting in tune with that. That is so good. Like pointing people back to scripture and the Holy Spirit. I think that we sometimes we get like, this isn't about me, right? When Jesus was ascending, he said, I'm leaving you a helper. Right. Which means I don't need to try to figure this out on my own. I just need to be obedient, be still sometimes and just seek him. That's no, that's good. Yeah. It's, so, I, I hate to say it. it. It's simple. The process is simple. And we, you know, being the humans that we are, we tend to overcomplicate things and create hurdles for ourselves. And so if you come to the realization, it doesn't have to be that way. Like I said, God says, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. And so even though it can look kind of gnarly around you, you can have peace. You can live with peace inside, you know, as all that stuff is happening around you. You know, and I, we touched on this earlier. I don't need to try to figure it out. You know, the, I, another question I've been, I have brought up to so many people lately is, will you trust God when you can't trace God? If I may not see the in the end game, I may not be able to figure it all out. And I'm glad that I can't figure it all out because if I could, I may not go in that direction because, you know, there may be some pain, there may be some pruning. And I said this to people too, if I had to write my own story, I'm not going to write in pain and mistakes and accidents and pruning. No, I'm going to write a smooth sale and, and it's going to be a happy ending. That's why I'm not the author and finisher. You know, that's why we are not the alpha and omega. That's why God is God. And sometimes we need to put ourselves aside and just let God be God and just be yeah. still and seek him. I'm going through a really good study now on Joseph and he's the quintessential example, right? You know, he has these amazing dreams about what his life is going to look like. And he, it's about how his family is going to relate to him, you know, and then of course he reveals to his family what he's going to do and what do they do? They decide they want to kill him, but they don't kill him and they sell him into slavery. And he's enslaved by the Egyptians for what, 13 so years. And then everything happens. What do we do in that 13 year, like what you said, that dry period? I don't think he was dry and that he wasn't communing with God, but you know, in terms of what his dream was saying, was he seeing any connection there? I kind of doubt that, you know, but he continued to persist in the faith and with the, the message that the father gave him in spite of all the circumstances that were happening around him. And so all glory and God, uh, to the father, you know, for that. And, you know, the story is, you know, it's one of my favorites. Right. You know, and it's, and it's again, like if you got put on your heart to start a prison ministry and you knew that all the details in the middle, part of it may have included you going to jail yourself. Would you really still go there? I wouldn't. 
Right. I just told you about 20 minutes ago. I didn't want to do this podcast. Like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> prison's not at the top of the list either. Right. Go, yeah. Going to prison is just not on my to-do list today. You know, <laughs> so it's it's easy to say that we have faith unless that faith is tested. That's right. It's easy to say we're going to be obedient until that requires us to do something that we really just don't want to do. It's easy to talk it and not live it. And I'm saying that from a person who has talked it and didn't live it. Guilty. Right. So no, it's, we have to sit back. God, this is yours. I'm going to trust that even though I can't trace everything you're getting ready to do, that you will not leave me nor forsake me. The righteous are not forsaken that I'm, I'm going to trust. I'm just going to trust you on this journey that you just mapped out for me already. Yeah. The first four letters of the word testimony is test. Right. I think about that a lot. We, man, we got to get you back on here. We're going to do this again ASAP. We're going to do this again ASAP. But I that, would love that. That brings us to our Let Them Know segment. This is the final segment of the show. I know that you have been listening to prior episodes. So I want to thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. This is where you can share anything you like with the audience. Jude, please let them know. Yeah. So I would say just keep going, man. There, there are so many reasons that people will say to, to not to, but keep persisting. You're going to have your naysayers. If you're running a marathon, people are going to be throwing sticks at your feet, trying to trip you up. But if God has casted a vision for you or you're waiting for that vision to be casted by God, know that he wants to be in a relationship with you so he can reveal himself to you. And that what like what you're saying, Eric, is like it doesn't mean that there's not going to be obstacles along the way. But what he cares about is that you lean on him in the midst of that. And so if there's anything I've learned over these past 20 years, especially is the necessity, not the idea, but the actual requirement of leaning on him for what it is that we do in every area of our life. And so as we submit ourselves to him, what I feel and what I found and what I believe will happen is that you'll actually all experience freedom. You know, in trying to live a free life, we actually shackle ourselves. But when we become disciplined and sur surrender ourselves to the Lord, we understand what true uh, freedom really means. So go for it. I've never felt so free as when I gave my life to Christ, but then started living it out the right way. Amen. So be faithful where you are and he'll do the rest. That's yeah. right. Would you mind close us out in prayer before we head out of here? Oh man, that'd be great. So Father God, I just thank you for this interview. I thank you for Eric. I thank you for his ministry. I thank you for the, the Rooted in Christ podcast. I thank you for your son and the sacrifice that he delivered for us so that we can live free, to be unchained, to be unshackled, to be actually surrendered to you. And so I ask that for anybody who's feeling like they are shackled, like they are being uh, held down, like they're feeling a heavy burden, soften their hearts, Father, open their minds to what it is that you have in store for them. I just declare that these people search out what your will is for them by reading the word and let the word free them. And whatever it is that they're looking for, whether it be a relationship, whether it be work, whether it be ministry, whether it be a family situation, whatever the case may be, Father, I know that you will do this because you provide for us and you promise that all of these things will happen in due time. I thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, I thank you for my brother Jude and his guests. I thank you for his obedience. I pray you continue to give him eyes to see and ears to hear. 
where you want him to go on the things you want him to do, but give him the grace to be obedient to those things as well, Father God. I just thank you for the expansion over his territory. I thank you that you're going to continue to give him the desires of his heart because those desires line up with your will, Father. So I just pray that you continue to bring healing to his life where healing needs to be. I pray you continue to surround him with just the right people for where you're taking him, Lord. Lord, I just lift up anyone who is listening to this podcast right now. Lord, I just thank you for their obedience. I thank you for their yes to you, Father. I thank you for as soon as they tell you yes, and they're going to be obedient to that thing you're putting on their hearts even right now, that you make yourself so real to them that they cannot deny that it was you. Yes. That they're just, I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the books that are being written, the businesses that are being started, the podcasts that are being started, the just the businesses and 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 just everything that you're doing, the people who are now going to to school, Father, because you're prompting them to, Lord. I thank you for that now. I just pray your traveling mercies as we get ready to depart. We just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother, thank you so much for doing the show. And if you are listening and you are enjoying our content, please like, follow, share, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. It helps us get the message out. We are on all media platforms. And I appreciate the support from the Rooting Christ podcast audience. Jude, thank you so much. We're going to have to get you back on here again soon. That'd be good, Eric. Thank you so much. Thank you.